Hello and welcome to another emergency episode of Food to Go, the podcast brought to you by New Food. I'm joined as ever by my co-host Grace. We've shone the bat symbol onto New Food Towers. Grace came running for another emergency FDA update. I know, I saw it on the website, Josh, and I knew that we had to get another, well, we had to get Steve back to speak on the issue. We did have to get Steve back, um, as I said, shone the, uh, the agreed symbol onto the uh, New Food office, which is so tall, Steve could see it from <laughs> Philadelphia, um, and he rang me up and said, yeah, no, he didn't really, of course we emailed him. Um, Steve very kindly jumped back on the pod to give us a bit of an update and his take on the second half of the announcement, I suppose, that Commissioner Califf released um well not last week week before now yeah uh yeah really interested to hear what steve had to say i won't spoil it too much i'll let you listen to what steve had to say first but um i feel like some disgruntled people yeah i think all smoke no fire summarizes it quite nicely but you can have a listen and find out yeah let's let's hear what let's hear what steve had to say indeed So, Steve, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, not as early this time. I felt really, really guilty last time we had you on because it was it was before 7am um, and it was a much more reasonable time for myself and Grace. But we've caught you, what is it, 11, 11 mid-morning? It is mid-morning Eastern time, almost lunchtime. Far more palatable than, than, than 6.30, so um, I, feel, I feel less guilty. Um, we booked this in weeks ago because you are all-knowing and all-powerful in the US regulatory sector, and you had a sneaking suspicion that we'd be hearing more from the FDA around this time. Um, you approved right yet again. Can you briefly explain to our listeners what was announced yesterday and why it differed from what we heard earlier on in the month? Well, yes. Um, so I think the big news of what we heard yesterday was the official announcement of the posting of the position for the Deputy Commissioner of Human Foods. And that posting gave us a better idea of what the commissioner was looking for in that position. Uh, it also created a lot of questions. Um, a lot of the candidates that we would expect to be interested um, are, are telling us they're not interested because there's still a lot of questions out there. Um, there's a lot of, la- even with this most recent announcement, there's still a lot of ambiguity about what does this all mean? It's very unclear on the authority, particularly on some of those uh, related entities that are part of FDA, but are really essential for the success of the human foods program, such as the inspectional and lab operations uh, located in the Office of Regulatory Affairs. So I, I think what we're hearing is, you know, it might be a uh, you know, uh, while the announcement that, hey, we're really searching for this person is great, what we're hearing from a lot of the folks we'd expect to be in the candidate pool is, yeah, we're not sure we're interested in this. In fact, several have said they're not without more information and a more clear understanding of what is my true line authority in this um, and how much of this is a matrix management system. Um, So I'm not sure if matrix management is as big in Europe, but it's this concept of many people manage one uh, one group or one pe- uh, one person. So you have multiple managers over an individual or a group of people. Um, we have not seen that be very successful in government uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, during my nearly 20 years in state government. Um, I typically found matrix management was a uh, was a great excuse for not accomplishing a lot, for wasting resources, and for uh, keeping people and activities that probably were past their prime. Um, so you know it just doesn't really work very well. In the private sector, it works a little bit better because you have a better opportunity to essentially, uh, if you aren't meeting your performance expectations, remove them from service uh, and essentially uh, make bigger changes in the organization quickly. With what the commissioner announced yesterday, I think we're talking, you know, we're talking now his next major step is the reorg plan sometime in the fall. Then that gets a period of time for both uh, Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Management and Budget under the White House, and uh, congressional notification. So after that, that can still take many weeks, months. I've seen some of these plans languish for up to three years. I don't think this one will be one of those that languishes for three years, but weeks or months is likely. And even with that, 
there's still going to be follow-up components. There's still a lot of decisions that aren't made and are just beginning to be discussed. So this is a long-term process and frankly, will probably outlive Commissioner Califf's uh, tenure at the agency, which I think most folks expect to end up with uh, President Biden's first term or, or near then. Uh, it seems like he is not intending to stay a whole lot more than uh, two years uh, as commissioner. Um, so those are all things that I think we're all thinking about right now. Um, and, uh, you know, we're hearing a lot of this from the stakeholder community. I think you're right. If you looked at what the stakeholder community said yesterday was a lot of underwhelmed statements. Um, uh, or uh, I heard one person put it very well, much ado about nothing uh, was how one person put it. But I, I think that's where we're, we're starting at today. Um, but, you know, this is not the only mechanism. Uh, as uh, the commissioner uh, has said, he encourages further input. I think we did hear that there is some opportunities for input for what he's calling his process stream work groups. Um, and um, which are which we don't exactly know what all those processes are. I'm aware of four that have been set up. Uh, I understand there's more in the uh, that are being set up as we speak that are going to be tasked with specific areas of this reorganization and, and doing some final decisions and and essentially building the policies and procedures that would follow uh, this work. Um, so uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll learn more there, and there'll be more opportunity for stakeholder engagement. But um, I, I think what you saw, and you know, if you take a look at some of uh, what was put out by some of the major industry groups yesterday and the consumer groups, it was pretty consistently. We're still concerned that we haven't managed, we haven't accomplished uh, the ultimate goal, which was a, a strong leader that's an empowered to uh, that's empowered to truly lead the foods program and all aspects of it. It doesn't seem like we've quite got there yet. Steve, I know you touched on this earlier, but why following the announcement do you think some people who potentially would have been interested in applying for the role, why might they not be interested anymore? Um, because I think it still is unclear what your authority is. Um, so even when you read the position description, when you read the commissioner's release, we still things like in a partnership with, uh, a collaborating with. Well, that doesn't seem like you're the decision maker in those cases. And that's what we've dealt with for a number of years is the food program's been managed by a committee. Uh, which is the ultimate in matrix management, as as you should it should know, and that just hasn't worked. We haven't had anyone that could make a decision. Any one part of that group could veto it and say no. I mean, uh, we're hopeful that his intent is to deal with that, but it's not in writing. It hasn't been said anywhere. It wasn't in the position announcement. And frankly, uh, you know, some of some of the candidates for the pre uh, for this position previously got burned because they were promised additional authorities that they never received. So I think uh, anyone coming in today. Uh, uh, is going to be pretty concerned if the position description, all of the information they're provided, is not consistent with uh, is not consistent with what the, the commissioner is saying and implying. Uh, they're going to want it in writing and very, very, very clear. Uh, because, like I said, some have been burned in the past uh, with this uh, very issue of being promised the world, and when they get there, they end up with very limited authority. Steve, you said the word underwhelmed earlier. Um, I'm glad you said it because I, of course, as a neutral, I'm not allowed to say that. But what I will say is when I read this update, what is it now, 24 hours ago, um, I experienced something resembling being underwhelmed, shall we say. I wasn't as impressed. It wasn't what I was expecting. We all know what public inquiries or public statements, public policies can be like. They can, as you say, promise the earth. And when they deliver, actually, there's a lot of sort of... Um, a lot of dialing back on some of the key issues. Do you think that's what's happened here? Do you think that originally the FDA had this big sweeping ground plan and as it got kind of got close to publishing time, there was a bit of sort of squirming, a bit of squeamishness and some of the, the real landmark policies were dialed back and reined in? Well, I mean, uh, FDA is not a small institution. Uh, it is, uh, you know, uh, the field operation is about 5,000 employees and that's just one part. So, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, somewhere... I think the best number I've had is over 10,000 employees in the organization. It's not small, uh, first. Uh, second, um, I, I do think that there is some internal pressure um, that's concerned about change. And it's like, hold it here. Let's not make too much change now. Let's go slow roll this. But I think what we know in government is you have very limited opportunities for significant change. And 
in all honesty, infant formula provides an opportunity to retool the foods program in a manner that we probably won't have again for you know a generation, essentially. Uh, so we have to fully utilize that and make the substantial changes. I suspect the commissioner is getting a lot of internal pressure to not change the program as dramatically as he might be interested in doing. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but that would be my first guess is he's probably getting some of those pressures uh, and pushing back. Um, now, I think you know uh, it always helps to have external pressure uh, when you're in that situation saying, hey, go further. You're not there yet. Uh, and, and that may be the case. Uh, I would say we've, as I've, I think mentioned last time, the commissioner's a, a physician. He is an incrementalist by, by nature. So he's going to make small steps, see if that solves the problem, make more small steps, see if that gets there, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I think that's what we're, what we're in. And I'm hopeful that as we get further into this process, you know, I, I still think he's, he's uh, having good conversations. He's learning more. I do think his discussions with potential candidates may have more influence than anything when he sees, huh, maybe this is not exactly the approach we need to take if I want to get a uh, tier one candidate into this position. Um, so that might help. And, and I am aware of a, a few folks that have already told him they're not interested that would have been, you know, on everyone's list as, uh, you know, a tier one candidate and probably no, what I would call the duh, no brainer candidates that have said no, because they just didn't feel that the concurrent structure had gone far enough and was not equipped for success in its current, uh, in a current form. So, you know, I think he's, he, that'll help. We may see more. Um, now we're moving into a, a period where it's unclear what's going to happen. Uh, I can tell you, I did ask a very direct question of the commissioner and deputy commissioner. It was like, you know, okay, you've said you've got the package, the reorg package coming out in the fall. Uh, what's between now and then, or is this it? And they kind of, I did think we got a great direct answer on what was next and what we could expect over the next number of months. I think they're hoping to be able to name a deputy commissioner. Uh, to, you know, which my best guess is, you know, if you close the position in March, that would be sometime maybe the summer if they're successful in finding candidates that are um, that essentially meet their needs uh, and are acceptable. Um, but that might take even longer if they don't get a great pool from uh, the first announcement. Um, and they may have to clarify further to get that person in place. Uh, and of course, they're working on the reorg package. But I think the reorg package grew too and isn't just a foods package. So uh, during our conversations recently with them, uh, we learned that uh, they intend to do more further reorganization that will affect all of the centers uh, in some manner um, that we were unaware of. So they're consolidating this into a broader FDA reorg package, not just a human food reorg package, which could slow this down even uh, even more as we go forward. And there, you know, when, when we had the discussion with them recently, it was not a few people uh, that will be impacted. They were uh, indicating uh, potentially uh, over a thousand people impacted, which is a pretty good portion of the workforce. Um, so uh, those make things complex. I'm hopeful. I think we're all hopeful. Uh, I will tell you, my, I've had great conversations with both Commissioner Califf and Deputy Commissioner uh, Woodcock. I, I think, you know, we are, um, there are many things that we agree on. Uh, there are just this handful of things that remain um, challenging for the stakeholder community, including us as uh, the group I represent, which is really the state and local regulatory agencies. But we continue to do that work. Um, and uh, and hopefully um, we'll come to a point where we're, we're all in a spot where we feel pretty comfortable with the program. Steve, what do you think the reaction of the food industry is going to be to this, though? Um, you're on the ground. You're probably more able to set the temperature than other people are. Is there a sense that the FDA had one shot at this and, and they might have blown it because the industry is going to be underwhelmed by what they've announced? Or do you think the industry is along for the ride and are happy to be patient? Oh, no, I don't think they're along for the ride and happily patient. I think the, the pressure on Capitol Hill is going to grow greatly. Um, I think you're going to see members of Congress more uh, significantly engaged. And I think you're going to look for uh, that they're going to be looking for opportunities to assist the commissioner with strong direction and requirements from uh, Congress, essentially, on the organizational structure and how it goes forward. Um, I would think, uh, you know, if you read some of the large trade associations, in particular, I think consumer brands, uh, the 
the Frozen Food Institute uh, and the International Fresh Produce Association, all of them were pretty strong in their language that this does not meet the bill and we're not done yet. Uh, we have to see more in order to, uh, to make the changes that we need to be successful in the future. Do you think it's likely that someone internal at the FDA might step up for the Deputy Commissioner role or do you think it's going to be someone external? Well, I think there will be both internal and external candidates, hopefully. Um, I would really hope we have a pretty robust pool of external candidates. I think when you're looking at transformational change, it's hard to make. Uh, there aren't a lot of internal leaders that are equipped with the ability to do that. And that, that's just my experience is at a transformational change level, sometimes it takes someone from the outside that doesn't have pre-existing thoughts and pre-existing experiences that uh, can inhibit their ability to see the full uh, the full the full list of options essentially um, so uh, you know I, I think from my perspective external makes a lot of sense frankly and if you're really in this evaluation rebuild period uh, I think that has a lot of advantages to it um, but there are some very good people within the organization that may uh, you know that Maybe it's not the deputy commissioner level, but it might be what I'm going to call almost a chief operating officer position in that office. Um, some of the associate commissioners and assistant commissioners that will fall under that role uh, that could really, um, you know, there's really some great opportunities for folks to move into leadership roles there. I think that's where we might see more internal filling. I don't know, though. Um, it just seems like the candidate, uh, when, you lead, when you read through the announcement, I'm not sure that I could name uh, very many folks within the current organization that meet what they're looking for, uh, or at least what they say they're looking for at this point. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think that would be another thing, though, that would be very challenging to convince the stakeholders that the best candidate was internal right now. Um, I think that's going to be a hard sell. Um, uh, so uh, if you're if you're the commissioner and you're going to make that choice. Oh, you, you're, you're going to have to really sell folks on that. And that person, uh, otherwise that person could walk into a situation where they're uh, already suspect to the stakeholder community, which likely would create some significant challenges with Congress. So, Steve, who would you say is the perfect candidate for the role? Are there any names you're thinking of that you can let us know? Um, well, I have some names, but I'll tell you most of the, the, name, the names that were on my shortlist are, are, have said no already and have said they're not uh, and have actually told the commissioner that they're not interested. Um, so I think there's two types of candidates. Uh, and I think if we look at the Food Safety Inspection Service in the United States and that undersecretary for food safety and the deputy undersecretary of food safety, the model that they have there may be something to think about. So oftentimes you have in those the, those two positions, you have two types of people. And who is undersecretary and who is deputy undersecretary varies. Uh, in, in, in other words, it can be one or the other uh, of these type, types of people, but uh, it seems to work very well. So one type of person is really, really strong on policy and very, very strong with work with congressional budget, working within government, those sorts of uh, areas tend to be in one person's, one of their portfolios. Uh, stakeholder engagement also tends to be part of that portfolio. Then there's a second portfolio that really focuses on the scientific community and focuses on the scientific work of the, uh, of the agency, uh, FSIS in this case. Um, so that's often your PhD scientist, your MD, your DVM uh, that's in that role. Um, and, and like I said, we've seen it be very successful under either of those type people being the undersecretary and deputy undersecretary. We look at the model now with the most recent confirmation. Um, you know, we have a very strong scientist that's the deputy undersecretary that was just recently confirmed. And we have a really strong public policy advocate that's a, the deputy undersecretary. And that model has worked very well for them. And if you look back over history, that's sort of the model that they've traditionally had, um, is using those two positions that way. So I, I think the commissioner has some options. You're probably not going to get someone that's going to come in with all of those sorts of things. Um, I would argue today, if I were going to make the choice, I think someone that comes in with the strong policy background, 
understands um, the concept of stakeholder engagement, working with Congress, uh, and those things may be more critical for the for the actual deputy commissioner position, and perhaps the scientific functional uh, lead uh, should be a deputy, uh, should be essentially an associate commissioner, uh, that's a, or that COO, chief operating officer type role, um, but. You can make an argument either way, but I think FSIS really does show you a model of how you can be successful. Um, you know, the candidates, you know, uh, there's some names that would be on my list, but, um, you know, most of them have experience in government, have experience in the private sector, and, and good sorts of background in both. I would argue you probably don't want someone that comes with limited experience, uh, essentially one or the other. Uh, that's probably not the world's best situation. Um, but you know, those are some things I would be thinking about if I was hiring uh, this person. Um, you know, and I would also say, you know, uh, informally, uh, I hope the commissioner is asking people, you know, who should be on the list, who should I be talking to, uh, and thinking about that. Um, so let me throw out some non-traditional candidates that I think could be very good um, that may not make the list. Um, since this is not a cabinet level position, it would be highly unlikely to get someone that came out of, um, let me just give you some examples, that came out of Congress and those sorts of areas. That's just not likely. It's not confirmed by the Senate. They're not likely to go into that type of position, which is fine. Um, so, But what that means is there may be some other opportunities out there that are non-traditional candidates. Um, thinking about commissioner secretaries and directors of agriculture across the country, directors of public health across the country would be another candidate pool that I'd be looking at. So really looking at that state level, are there some that have really shown the ability to manage these complex relationships and organizations and make good public health decisions. Those might be good candidates. Also, if they have some background in the private sector working in some of uh, I think that it makes them a stronger candidate too. Um, so that's someone, a group that may not be on the commissioner's list. I think, uh, I know he's been thinking, talking to a lot of folks that have poor, uh, former uh, experience in the federal government. Um, you know, that's great. Um, that's really great, but I don't think that's the only uh, piece of experience they should be looking for. Um, you know, I would argue Frank Giannis was probably one of the best candidates you could have had for that position, and that he was unable to be successful in it, and uh, and had you know gives a lot of candidates pause. Uh, when they're thinking about it is how am I going to be different when this when someone coming out of the most complex bureaucracy in the world, which I would argue Walmart is today, uh, was unable to nav uh, was unable to you know make the change and do what he felt was necessary to be successful in the program. Um, you know, I think that is a, a real challenge. Um, and even given that very challenging environment, he still made significant progress but just not as much as he would have expected during his time there um, uh, or hoped for. Um, so, you know, I, those are all things I'd think about. Um, I, you know, I don't know, uh, like I, I guess the last piece I would just say is, without more clarity, I think it's gonna be hard to get what I would call the tier one candidates really engaged and interested in the position. Steve, what about executive directors of state and local <laughs> regulators? Are they, is that someone the commissioner should be considering? No, I, I, not in this particular case. I can tell you that. Um, uh, you know, I, I think you know. Thank you, thank you for saying that. But um, uh, you know, I, I think there are some that could be really good. Um, some of our partners, um, for example, um, the Association of State and Territorial Health Officials, National Association of State Departments of Agriculture. Some of those leaders uh, may indeed be uh, good choices for this. The Association of Public Health Laboratories. All of those would be leaders that might be good. Um, you know, uh, for uh, in my particular case, it's one of those decisions where I think I'm doing more outside and probably can have more impact on the agency outside uh, in my current role than I could have internally. Um, and uh, I think in this uh, this current period, it's going to be important to have some really strong advocates externally that can help support and make that candidate successful and get them the things they need from the outside. Steve, is it not a worry, though, as you said, some of those top tier candidates that you've spoken to have already turned the job down. Frank Yanis is, well, if he were, if, if he had not resigned, you'd put him at the top of your shortlist. Yeah. Is it not a worry that the FDA, which is surely this is one of the, the best jobs available in the food and beverage sector in the United States, supposedly, and we're looking around wondering who's going to fill it. And you're, you, seem, you seem concerned that the best people for the job 
aren't going to be interested. That seems like not a very good position for the United States feed regulators to be in. Yeah, I think it is challenging that uh, there is some amount of uh, broken trust, I think, between the agency and the food community right now. And that's going to impact the recruiting of the position. And, um, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, with lack of clarity of what the position really is, which the position description, the announcements from the commissioner, there, there's a lot of words that have a lot of interpretation to them, and that makes people nervous. And frankly, it, it's not a secret. Uh, the former deputy commissioners will be very are very transparent about their concerns about the role and the challenges there were in the role and the lack of ability to really do what they needed to do uh, because of the structure of the organization. And some of those have not been clearly resolved at this point. And without that, uh, you have to wonder if you if you're a person that knows the organization well, are you really going to be interested? Um, one other group that I think you you might see interested is some deans or uh, out of colleges of agriculture, uh, food science, and those sort of uh, programs with some interest. Um, th that could be a little harder to translate, um, just because the decision making should be faster normally, uh, and I think that's something that the private sector experience promotes faster decision-making that I think everyone is desiring right now um, across the stakeholder community. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, I'm hopeful. Um, I just, when I, when I talk to the folks that I think should be on that candidate list, um, I keep hearing things like, no way, not interested. This is, this is not clear enough of what the job is and those sort of things. And, um, and, you know, um, and frankly, you know, that, that's challenging. I, I think it's hard. I think overall we're having a hard time recruiting those highly qualified candidates in the government. Um, the last time we were appointed, to, you know, when uh, Commissioner Califf was appointed, it was very, very challenging to find a candidate for that position as commissioner, um, you know, and there are lots of reasons for that. But, um, you know, there were a lot of folks that weren't interested that should have been interested in that position. And perhaps we, it's a bigger issue Overall, we need to think a little bit more about on those highly, what should be highly scientific, competitive positions. Why are we not able to recruit some of the candidates that really should be interested? Steve, in the announcement, the FDA said that they are carrying out an agency-wide transformation. What are three things that you think they need to work on specifically moving forward this year? I think culture is first uh, and foremost the number one thing. I mean, there should be no question in anyone working in the agency uh, in the agency today that their number one, their number one priority doesn't matter what part of the agency you are in is you are a public health agency that's working to do the best every day for the consumers in the United States and across the world. That should be mission critical number one. Uh, so let's start setting a culture in that manner. We're not out there doing things for the purpose of creating a record. Uh, you know, we should not be thinking primarily about building a case. We should be thinking about doing what's right for the public every single day. The second thing that I would be really focused on is efficiency. Um, you know, I, I'm going to put efficiency and transparency together. They, they go hand in hand. And when I say efficiency, are we doing things the way that make the most sense today and are we doing them in a way that's transparent and clear and efficient? Um, I would argue that perhaps we're still operating on a system that's a little, well, that's probably closer to, you know, 30 or 40 years old. Uh, one example, you know, uh, and I'm going to use a, a weird example, but uh, recalls. Uh, there is one single regulation for all recalls uh, that for products FDA administers. I'm going to argue perhaps there should be maybe multiple regulations that really focus on the product type because they're not the same. If I'm going to do a recall of a pacemaker. It's pretty different than if I'm going to do a recall of bag salad mix, just to give you an example. Those are very, very different products. We're, our audiences are very different. The information is very different. Um, the level of traceability is very different. Um, all of those things make me think that that's a thing that we should think about a little differently. Not to mention, the way we've designed the regulations today, we've assumed that a media release is the best way to get information to consumers in that. That regulation was last looked at in 1978 um, you know, I'm just going to say I was three years old then. And what was going on when I was three years old and what's going on today are pretty different. 
Uh, you know, uh, the internet was really not even thought of as a, something that the public would ever get access to in any form or, or fashion. You know, we weren't uh, expecting 24 hours, seven, uh, seven days a week information available to us immediately when it's happening in real time. You know, those are just two examples of things that have changed. Not to mention, we were mailing stuff back and forth at that point. And that was our efficient way of transporting things. So it might take us five or seven days to get something to one place to another. Or, or tr you know, trying to call people. Not everyone had even answering machines at that point at their desks or voicemail or those sorts of things. Uh, much less cellular technology where we're in constant communication. The times are very, very different. And we haven't been able to keep up with that. So I think that's one of the things that they're going to have to look at is how do we be transparent and efficient going forward so that we're really using our resources in the best way possible. I'm going to agree with something the commissioner has highlighted as something very important, information technology. Completely, 100% agree that the IT systems, uh, and this is a government-wide sort of issue, um, do not meet the needs of the public today. They're inefficient, they're, they're legacy systems, and largely have not been retooled in decades in a, tr a true manner. It's uh, What they're doing is essentially refacing what was there before uh, when they're modernizing versus re redeveloping the process, rethinking through the whole activity, and for that matter, making it so that they work across all of the elements of the agency. Uh, you have things like multiple inventories out there, multiple work plans. All of this doesn't make sense in a modern organization. Um, but I will caution, and I've been down this path um, you know, I, I know at least three times when I was in state government, I've seen it uh, in federal agencies time and time again. Um, sometimes the goal is to have a unified system that does everything. And I'm a little worried that that's part of what you see and you're beginning to hear is they want the unified super system. I'm going to argue you're better off building systems for the function that communicate that you're trying to do that communicate well with other systems. Today, it's a lot easier to connect systems than to build a mega system that does everything. Um, you know, I think some examples of that are, you know, the failures that we see in a lot of, you know, over the winter with uh, Southwest Airlines. It's a mega computer system with fully integrated and it fell apart. Um, that is why you want to avoid those sort of mega systems versus having components that communicate and work together, uh, essentially in IT systems. And frankly, the cost is significantly different when you do a mega system or not. But IT is very important. I just have a little bit different perspective, I think, than perhaps they have in the agency. And I've went through both uh, over the years, and I will tell you, um, I probably would, and I've made the mistake on both sides, building a mega system and then building one that was component-based. I'll tell you, component-based is a whole lot easier in the long term uh, for maintenance and for essentially uh, upgrading as you need to add new modules, make new modules, et cetera. So I, I would have, I would think a little more about that, but I, I'm glad that they're thinking about it. I'm glad they're doing that. Um, and it's a huge endeavor. Um, I'll do one last mention of IT systems often in the government become a boondoggle where you end up with these gigantic contractors uh, that do information technology that end up in a space, um, end up making the projects, I don't want to say purposely, but somewhat purposely um, with cost overruns and those sorts of things to make what should have been a million dollar project or a hundred million dollar project, a half a billion dollar or more project that takes significantly more time. Um, I'm hopeful that they've got the right folks in there to manage that so that doesn't happen, but it's not easy. Uh, the one last thing I would say is you're only successful with those two earlier items, essentially the efficiency and transparency item and uh, the information technology item if you have folks that are empowered and can make decisions. Information technology and your attempts to, to modernize essentially, you know, to become more efficient and, and more transparent don't work if you don't have people that can make decisions and are empowered to make decisions um, and, and can really make that happen throughout the flow. If you're avoiding those decisions, you just keep adding cost upon cost and inefficiency upon inefficiency. Um, so that's uh, another Maybe there's a handful of lessons from uh, from um, nearly 20 years in government, but I watched that happen time and time again, and frankly, made some mistakes doing it myself uh, when I was uh, in this role, these roles. 
Steve, last question from me, um, and then we'll let you get back to your day because I believe you're boarding a flight to the West Coast this afternoon. Um, so we won't, we'll, we'll give you enough time to make it to the airport. There's a lot that's been announced this month. Um, although we may be underwhelmed, a lot's been announced. The scope is huge. What do you want to see in place by the end of 2023? Um, in an ideal world, what three things do you want? That's a great question. That's a fun question. So I, I am really hopeful that we do get an empowered uh, deputy commissioner hired. That you know, all, that the stakeholder communities across and the and the staff of the agency can all come together and say, yeah, this is a good person, and we're willing to work with them to do what we need to do in the food program. That would be number one. Um, number two, I think, is we really have to begin the work on the culture change. And that's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, there's going to be a lot of pain in that because we're going to have to change midstream a lot of folks that don't necessarily subscribe to where I think the agency is trying to go. And I think where the public, Congress, and others are demanding they go. Uh, that's going to be a big, big shift for them. Um, and really, it's a little bit of a shift from being in your mind being a regulatory agency that is respond uh, versus a public health agency. And while you can be a regulatory agency that has a public health purpose, it's hard to be a regulatory agency that's public health focused, if that makes sense. Um, so that's really what we're gonna try to shift is make this a public health agency that has some regulatory responsibility, essentially. Um, that's a big shift. Um, and if we can do that successfully, I, I think we will have accomplished uh, a lot. Um, third, I, I think is going to be beginning to really evaluate and recruit in additional talent. Um, that is a concerning spot for me. We're seeing a lot of changeover, um, which is good and bad, uh, but we, we need to bring in more talent at all levels within the organization, um, from the investigator level, the inspector level, all the way up to the leadership, you know, the deputy, the associate, and uh, and um, uh, and uh, director levels in within the organization. Um, so those are things that I would be looking uh, for uh, if I were, uh, you know, I would hope to see as we get to the end of the year. I think I'm going to add a fourth, though. I would hope there's some real clarity um, that reflects the comments, feedback, and engagement of stakeholders uh, as they're working their way through the process streams and really the details of the plan. So that would kind of be my, my fourth item is superficial engagement is not going to get you the buy-in you need to get ultimately the resources uh, that you're going to need to, to really effectuate the change that uh, in the future. If you don't get that buy-in through engagement during this period of time, you're going to have a hard time convincing them to go out and and go, you know, go to what is not exactly a friendly Congress right now uh, when it comes to adding federal money to domestic programs. Um, you know, that's going to take a lot. And if you don't have the stakeholders in lockstep with you, uh, that's going to be hard to accomplish. I will say recently, though, the commissioner uh, did a, a session with the Alliance for a Stronger FDA, who often works to enhance the FDA's resources. And, and he said something that was pretty interesting, and I'm going to paraphrase, not direct quote, but it, it was it was a sign to me that he's, he's beginning to understand that important role of the relationship with stakeholders uh, in the food community that he hadn't before. Uh, and, and what he basically said is, I recognize that we're going to have to show that we really have the ability to do what we've been saying we're going to do before we're probably going to get Congress to add those resources and we're going to get the stakeholders to go out there and really push Congress for those resources. We hadn't heard that before. Before it was we need the resources in order to do anything. And I think we're beginning to see that he understands the resources are a part of the puzzle, but I have to do some other things before I can really get everyone on board for those resources. God, that was a lot of use of the word resources. Resources, by the way, means money, which means people... <laughs> You know, so I, I should be clear on that. But it's fascinating time. Um, and, you know, and once again, the commissioner has a very challenging job. Um, there are lots of diverse opinions out there. There are lots of commodities under FDA. It is a really diverse portfolio. Um, but, and, and frankly, we have a tradition of commissioners being unengaged in food. Uh, I will say he's trying to become engaged, but does not necessarily have the functional knowledge and experience that he may have in other areas. Um, and frankly, even those in his 
leadership structure tend to not have a lot of that experience. Um, so, you know, he's doing, he's trying very hard. I give him credit for that. He's trying to push the agency. Um, I think, you know, most of us would just say push further, use this as the opportunity to be bold um, versus um, to make incremental change. Steve, thank you so much for your time and your, your wisdom um, this morning. We really appreciate you coming back on Food to Go to explain what's going on at the FDA. Um, it's been brilliant. And yeah, it's safe flight today. Um, I hope you have a great time on the West Coast. I'm very jealous. <laughs> well, next time, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get to join us on the West Coast. But uh, yes. Fingers crossed. Speak yeah. to you soon, Steve. Take care. Great. What did you think? Um, well, I think Much Do About Nothing summarises it very nicely from what Steve said. When I first read the update, I was kind of waiting, almost waiting for the rest of it, if you know what I mean. Um, it said a lot without saying much at all. And it's quite concerning because that's the update we've been waiting a month for. Yeah, I don't Much About Nothing seems a bit harsh. I don't think it's necessarily Much Do About Nothing, but I do think that we were expecting more from this second update and we haven't got it. And therefore, I suppose there is a bit of disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried that Steve said that he thinks we're the best of people, best people for John turned it down. That's a worry. Mm-hmm. I think applicants don't really know, A, what they're applying for. The job role isn't really... I know it's a new job, but it's not specific enough yet. They don't really know what they're going in for. And it's obviously such a huge role within the FTA that they're going to have to fulfil. Maybe they're a bit apprehensive to even apply for it it's a detail right it's the detail that's perhaps missing at the moment but look we do have to give the fda a chance that there may well be more detail coming and that human foods commissioner whoever they are Mm -hmm. might provide that detail and that and that leadership and that clear and that and that that clarity Mm -hmm. um i thought what steve said was really interesting when he said that some of like the industry has not really been brought along for the riders already that's another worry what do you mean by that so to make effective change, you have to bring people along mm. on the journey and keep mm. them engaged. And the sense I got from Steve, what he was trying to say is that people are already, or say people, important members of the industry are already disengaged and disenfranchised with the FDA. Yeah. Um, there is an attitude of, well, they're not going to do anything about it now, so what's the point? Which is a real worry for, for an agency to be in. For what it's worth, I don't think that's the case. I think that what Commissioner Califf is trying to do is really interesting. Um, I just felt like, like you, I wanted more. I wanted mm-hmm. more from this end of... We, we got the announcement early Feb mm. and we were kind of waiting. We even booked in with Steve on the day it came out. Didn't we? we said, right, we, well, we, we recorded with Steve and we said, right, let's get back together at the end of the month because we're expecting something big. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's hard, right, because the FDA are trying to make a step in the right direction. This is what they think the industry wants and to a certain extent, it is. They want more focus on food and rather like, like the mixing kind of two massive scopes into one thing but it's just hard I thought it was really interesting when Steve said that in his view Frank would have been the perfect person almost for the job but it's not the job yeah that's anymore. tricky isn't it because I, I I, yeah it's hard isn't it when the, the outgoing commissioner probably would have been that it's that empowered leader right that's mm-hmm. what Steve mentioned time and time again we want that empowered food leader so mm-hmm. To the human foods and there's look there's some question marks like Steve said there are some real question marks there's still no integration with um, animal health mm. which a lot of people in the industry think should be because it is ultimately all come back to human health there's still a lot of question marks um, the, the the biggest thing I took away from that interview was the fact that Steve with his ear to the ground already knows of people that would be a great fit that have turned the job down Mm-hmm. Surely, but what does that say about the job then that they're offering? That's what I mean. Surely, the, the deputy commissioner of human food program at the US, the chief US regulator, is the top job in the country for a food safety professional. Um, perhaps I'm wrong. Write in if you think so. Um, so therefore, it's not the responsibility; it's the corporation. What do you mean by that? So then, people aren't afraid of applying for the responsibility, like they'd shine under that kind of light but working with the FDA on something that's new, they're branching out, they haven't done before, and also considering they've not given much guidance as to what the job's going to entail, what the job's going to entail, it, that might be quite difficult from an application standpoint. Yeah, that's a great point. I think you're probably right, because if you look what, again, from what Steve said about Frank, Frank Yanis, who, who navigated Walmart for years, mm-hmm. I mean, 
Walmart, the size and scope and complexity of Walmart, it, it's almost like running a country in terms of <laughs> the difficulty and the relationships you have to build, stakeholder management, all those lovely words we like to throw around. I don't think people are afraid. The, 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 the kind of candidates that we're thinking about for that depth of human foods, I don't think they balk or are concerned at the idea of massive responsibility. Mm. If you're head of food safety at Walmart, you have mountains of responsibility. So you're probably right. It's probably that the working for the agency in this current moment mm. isn't appealing. And that's a worry because I have to be careful what I say here because I'm sure whoever we end up with as Deputy Commissioner of Deputy Commissioner of Human Foods will do will be the right candidate and will be absolutely fantastic. But if some people in if the best people in our industry are already turning down the job, hmm. we're almost already a level down before we even start. But what can the FDA do to get people, the candidates they want, on board? Well look, it's it's long it's long time it's trust. A lot I think a lot of people have been burned, right? Yeah. People that I've spoken to, especially um people I've spoken to sort of off off microphone, off I hate saying off the record, but <laughs> off mic, off, off podcast, aren't best pleased with the way the FDA has conducted itself in the last 12, 18 months. Um, I don't think that's the fault of anyone personally at FDA. I think that's just the nature of the beast at the moment. There's a lot of, as Steve said, there's a lot of distrust and a lot of disengagement. And it's not something they can... We, we, we're kind of at the, the end of that, not the beginning, mm. in a way, in that those seeds were sown months, years ago. And the place we are in now is where we are now. It's going to take some years, I think, to rebuild that trust. And look, I think it's a step in the right direction. I, I agree, but I do think it's daunting for an applicant to know that all eyes will be on them with a body that people already don't have the best like don't have the most faith in. Yeah, it's a tough job, isn't it, to walk into. Overriding thought, um, well, uh, overriding thought, firstly, um, how great Steve, always a pleasure to have yeah. on the podcast. Love Steve, love his Shakespeare quote. Love his Shakespeare quote, has an ear to the ground all the time, mm-hmm. um, knows what's going on. I just wish there was a bit more going on that we That's could get it, our teeth it? into, it just yeah. Feels a bit, it feels a bit like um, some of the important details were welched on. They kind mm. of went so far and went, oh, I'm not sure, and mm-hmm. kind of like dipped a ton and came back a little bit. Um, it was we were promised this big, bold, sweeping reform. Obviously, Frank resigned last month. That was such a big event. Eyes of the world, certainly eyes of the industry, were on the FDA, and you're thinking, right, here we go. There's ma- this massive announcement is coming, and there's going to be real change. I mean, it, I've just thought this question. This is pure speculation. Did Frank see that? Did Frank see this and then resigned? And we'll never know the answer to that. I don't think so. We don't know, do we? This is just... We have no idea what goes on in the corridors of power. But. I don't, but I think he, this is almost part of the reason he resigned, no? That he wanted it to be slightly more separate within the... Yeah, that's thing. what I mean. So do you think he saw the announcement? He saw he saw the plan, saw the programme, wasn't thought, happy? Potentially. We'll never know. Yeah, I, you, I'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't know about it. This programme's not been knocked together in the last few weeks. It would have been... In the pipeline. But is that enough to make you leave a company? I guess it is, yeah, if you don't agree with the... I don't know. This is just pure speculation, and we'll never know. Um, yeah, wanted more, didn't get it. There's plenty there, though. We, we, maybe we'll... Yeah, I do have to. I do think we have to see it from the side that they're keeping us all updated with what's going yeah, on. Yeah, there's plenty there, and it is a big reform. Um, and we are moving towards that singular, empowered leader... Um, which everyone so craves because as Steve said for, for, for so long and so many, it's not just an FDA problem by the way this is a government problem and it's not even just a US problem it's a government around the world problem there is a, such a rule by committee mm. um, that happens I suppose the only difference if you compare it to say the UK system which we're perhaps more familiar with you do have a Minister of Food and ultimately yeah, you have obviously the Chair of the FSA you have a lot of powerful people ultimately the Minister for the Department um, Department of Environment I can never ever remember which around DEFRA is Department, Department of Environment, Environment Food and Rural yeah. Affairs that minister ultimately makes the call um, and do you know what I think it is as well they have had in that role for example there have been people before the current person so this role the whole prospect of it being new I can understand why people who are likely candidates aren't actually willing I know it kind of sets the tone if you're the first 
first person in the role but at the same time you do sort of want that backlog to look at and yeah learn it's from the pressure mistakes. isn't it it's yeah. the pressure that's the other thing it's, it's the the weight of pressure everyone wants more from you or on the other hand maybe if people don't expect a lot from you you're thinking look people expectations are on the floor and the up but how much can you excel if no one before you has set the tone do you know what I mean yeah, it's, it's really trust, hard it's chicken it? in the egg it's isn't trust, it like... it's trust yeah no I'll take your point so look great conversation with Steve really really enjoyed speaking to him um, he's actually going to write for new food I think I tell the listeners it's kind of he's going to yeah. write for new food um, so if you enjoyed that and you want to get more out of Steve then stay tuned because we're going to be publishing a piece by him very soon um, yeah and I'm really looking forward to reading so that his I. insight is always really valuable insight is always always valuable um, and we'll keep you posted on whatever we hear um, that I feel like that's the last we're going to get for a while that's the vibe I got from both the FDA and from people in the know that's kind of the last week we're, we're not expecting anything more anytime soon um, apart from obviously that appointment of the Deputy Commissioner of Human Foods which and that will be a big announcement yeah will, I really, really can't will. wait to find out who that's going to be no um, so I have to wait till autumn or fall if it, you're in America well look it might be Steve we did ask we him the question he did say no but you never know we're a little bit quiet will we yeah, ask we're a little bit quiet you never know um, <laughs> no I'm sure we're, that's not something he's looking at look um as soon as we know who that's going to be or who it even might be, we'll, uh, we'll let you know. But for now, you've got to stay, got to watch this space, haven't we? Yeah, watch this space. Well, watch New Food rather than the FDA website because we'll, we'll provide you with all the latest we'll, we'll keep updated. <laughs> um, speaking of watch this space, Grace, what have we got coming up podcast-wise? We've got a really interesting gut health podcast with Simprove. So we're going to find out whether all of the gut health claims on probiotic drinks are actually valid or not. And if diet and exercise can be better than just drinking substitutes. Well, you indeed. Um, I believe you've also got a food and education pod. Yeah, we've got a food and education pod with School Food Matters, which I'm really looking forward to talking about. There's been a lot in the news recently about um, London school children re- receiving free school meals next year. So it'll be great to speak more about that. Said it will. Um, I spoke to a wonderful dairy farmer from Wisconsin. Um, so we'll be publishing that interview very very soon loved that it was brilliant um, if you missed our the truth about sustainable agriculture pod um, it's our longest yet it's our biggest yet it's our is it our best yet I think some may our, say I, I, I would say it's our best yet I really really enjoyed making that put it together I hope you do too so that is of course on Spotify uh, rattle this off now Spotify Apple Podcasts Acast or wherever you get your podcast from <laughs> which everyone says um other big news stay tuned for a big announcement about our global event which will be coming in the next couple of weeks and um, this is probably not big news for anyone else but it's for me I'm going to San Francisco next week for Future Food Tech and I can't wait you are you're not going to be in the office so I'll be holding the fort you will be holding the fort Um, I'm going to visit a fort I'm going to Alcatraz oh are you yeah yeah. I've booked my ticket I'm going to go to um, I mean you can't come on I'm there for the Future Food Tech and of course, that is a worthy conference. I'm so pleased to be going. Mm. But you can't be there and not go to Alcatraz. How the other half live? Make sure you're back in time to record the next pod. I'll be back to tell you about my travels from... Yeah, Sunday I'm sure you'll hear that next intro. No weather chat. No weather chat today. It did snow briefly. I'll add that in. This has been another episode of Food to Go. An emergency episode. Probably the last emergency episode for a while, unless something major happens. Thank you, as always, You can't so much. really plan emergency episodes, though. No, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy to say it's the last emergency for a while. It's it's the last emergency episode that we've got planned for a while. Mm. Um, We'll keep you updated on that FDA appointment as soon as we know more. Thanks for listening. As ever, all of our podcasts available on the New Feed website, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, Make sure you subscribe or leave us a review. That'll really, really help us out. And if you subscribe, you'll get every new episode as soon as it drops into your feed. So um, it's the best way to keep up to date with food to go. I think that's all the plugs we've got to do. Yeah, you've exhausted them all for today. Great. Well, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye.